Hey, song surfers, welcome to Song Surfing. It's your friend John. Song Surfing is a bi weekly playlist of independent music pulled from the far reaches of the internet. I've been checking out music on Bandcamp, Spotify, Slap, SoundCloud, Audio Mac, YouTube, Facebook, Audius, Instagram, and a few others. Oh, I got it in one in one breath that time. And I'm excited to share some excellent tunes with you this episode. Song Surfing is a part of the Live from the Lincoln Lodge podcast network. Head over to thelincolnlodge.com to explore the other shows in the network and learn more about the venue that's home to the nation's longest-running independent comedy showcase. Hey friends, this is the last episode of the year. Did I get you? All this month, I've been breaking away from the usual every other week schedule and releasing a show each week. In case you missed it, the last two episodes featured interviews with some very special artists. Jade Starr stopped by for episode 30, and we had a fun chat about all sorts of things. It was light. It got a little personal. We talked about uh, things related to music. I had a really good time. And Inky Bjarni, composer and pianist from Iceland, visited for episode 31. We dove into some of his compositions and talked about his writing process, which I found really fascinating. Hopefully you do too. Both fun, thoughtful guests, and I hope you listen to those episodes if you haven't yet. And this episode you're listening to now is 32. I can't believe in my first year of the podcast that I put out 32 episodes. Yay me, and yay you for listening. And thank you for joining me. I know some of you have been with me since episode one, and I appreciate that. Thanks so much. Okay, so as I said, this is the last episode of the year, and it's a bit of a tour of what song surfing is all about. In just four songs, there's going to be a variety of genres represented. There will be some acoustic-based music, some louder music, a song that's a bit on the poppier side. We have international artists, and we're going to start things off with correspondent Brianna Bass. And friends, be sure to stick around to the end of the show for some news. We'll hear music from Murray, Kentucky, Mumbai, Seattle, and New York City. Okay, on to the show. Here's my visit with Brianna Bass. Joining us once again is song surfing correspondent Bree. Hey, Bree, how you doing? Hey, doing great. I'm so excited for the selection today. What do you have for us? Oh, I have Pink Moon by Melanie A. Davis. She's another artist out of Murray, Kentucky, and just one of my favorites. A thespian at heart, her ability to craft tunes that are simultaneously poignant and liberating is steeped in an appreciation for the nuances of human relationships. Now, you know, uh, Melanie, you, you've met Melanie in person? I have. We've uh, played several, sh- several shows together. And uh, off mic, you were telling me a little bit about the Atlanta music scene and how you, you know the artists that we're featuring in, in your segments. Uh, can you tell us about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's a small little world here, and we all like to hype each other up and support each other. I met Melanie through her now husband, Fate McAfee, when I opened for him, and we all just became really good friends and really supportive of each other's art. And I can't think of anything that I love more than just really hyping up my friends and and sharing this good music. Uh, Like I said before... Um, mainstream music is kind of fizzling out, and and locals where it's at, a lot of people will say um, country music in particular is dead, but it's so not dead. It's just le- it's just gone local. It's gone local, and it's <laughs> thriving locally. Every city I've ever visited or lived in has this 
remarkable local country music scene. It's everywhere, and it's it's so alive and well. Yeah, that's awesome. I wonder where it is in Chicago. I should uh, do some exploring. Well, my good buddy, Brian Revels, is about to move to Chicago, and, and he's definitely worth looking into. Brian Revels. Brian Revels in the heat lightning. All right, excellent. About the song Pink Moon, Melanie A. Davis told me, I wrote Pink Moon in April of 2020 following the death of John Prine. My partner and I had tickets to see him at Red Rocks in July of 2019, but the show was canceled uh, due to Prine's health issues. We couldn't make the rescheduled performance in October. Then, of course, he passed away from COVID complications six months later. His death hit my partner and I particularly hard, not only because of how close we had been to seeing him before he died, but also because of the major influence he played in both of our songwriting. Being at the start of the pandemic, death and trauma were hyper-present. The world seemed scary. We felt isolated, literally and metaphorically. That's that's powerful. Yeah. My favorite thing about this song is that First of all, we're all, (laughs) I have this fantasy of all the songwriters, like, on the same day, sitting down and writing their John Prine tribute. I know I wrote one. Everyone I know (laughs) wrote a John Prine tribute the day after he died. Um, And so there's, I I don't know, there's, like, this this comic connection that I feel to, like, all of the songwriters (laughs) through through John Prine and, and the influence that he had on all of us. But my favorite thing about Pink Moon is that at a time when the whole country is holding their breath and there's so much anxiety and there's so much division, Melanie has created a moment for us to breathe. This song is is so light. It's like, it's almost perfumed. It's like flowery light. And I like to think that of all the tributes that are floating around. John Prine is particularly proud of this one. I love the way you describe that. And um, I think that there's the makings of a, a local Atlanta John Prine tribute album that you need to produce. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for bringing this by. It's a really nice tune. really enjoyed it. Yeah, you bet. This is Pink Moon by Melanie A. Davis. Thanks, Bree. Take care. You're welcome. Thank you. I wrote Pink Moon in April 2020. Uh, The pandemic had just started when John Prine died, so I think it was all the more heartbreaking for that reason. And the night he died, my partner and I were sitting outside watching a pink supermoon, and I thought it was such a gorgeous, bright, full moon over Kentucky to be sending John Prine off. Uh, So I wrote a poem about it the next day, and the song came out a couple months later. Rose petals shrouded moon proceeded to cut out through the night sky the day that you died. Wispy clouds rushed right past, solemn and unchanging mask of Midwestern melancholic moonlight. We are here, they are there. So begins a new way of being How much can you care? Have you found the right key to sing And all I could do was stare At the heavens up above Trying to get 
glimpse of a star that shows you'd got to where you were going. From 71 and dance along the dirges full of light. Rinse it out with bullet shots as every house chews on the thought that nothing good or bad in the end survives. We are here, they are there. So begins a new wave being How much can you care? Have you found the right key to sing And all I to do is stare At the heavens up above Trying to get a glimpse of a star That shows you got to where you were going Thousand years and we'll 
Hey, Song Surfers, welcome back. First in the block was Pink Moon by Melanie A. Davis, and thanks to Brianna Bass for bringing that by. Second was the song 2,000 Years by Don Bott, a music producer, songwriter, and guitarist based out of Mumbai. And special thanks to Yelena Rossini-Share over on Reddit for telling me about Don. Here's a bit from Don Bott's bio. A self-taught musician, he initiated his journey into music during his early years in school. His band in college went on to win the nationwide competition, The Great India Rock, GIR, in 2003. Don then toured with the band Orange Street, one of the few Indian bands playing original music at the time. He played at different festivals in Sweden, Norway, Estonia, and the UK as a guitar player and producer for them. He now puts out music as a solo artist, and the song we listen to is from his album Connected. About the song, Don told me that it was partly influenced by film composer Morricone. In Song Surfers, I think that influence can be heard in the crying synths that enter on the chorus sections. But the entire track is really just dripping in atmosphere, too, so maybe that's the Morricone influence as well. I love the laid-back groove, the gritty synthetic drums, and Don has a groovy voice. Uh, so go listen to the album, Song Surfers. It's Every song on there is good. And I should say now, friends, if you like the tunes that you're hearing, then help out the artists. Take that next step and spread the word about your favorites. Share their Bandcamp or streaming platform links with a friend or on social media. Tell some people about it. Buy some merch. And remember, you can find all of the links that the artists give me 
to share with you over at songsurfingpodcast.com on the episodes and show notes page. Hey folks, I'd ask you who your favorite singers are. And on episode 29, I read some of your responses, but there were quite a few. So I split it up and I've got the rest for you now. You can join in on the discussion by following Song Surfing on Instagram and Facebook at Song Surfing Podcast. And tell me, should I, I branch out to other platforms for discussion? Uh, there seems to be a good amount of discussion on Instagram, um, but how about Discord, Reddit, Twitter, Clubhouse? Should I start a Facebook group? Where would you be most likely to join me if I branched out? It'd be helpful for me to know before I invest a whole lot of time in one of these other platforms. Let me know through email or over on Instagram and Facebook, which, uh, which platform you'd be most likely to use if I, if I started to branch out. Okay, your favorite singers. Who are your favorite singers and why do you love them was the question. Stickpenny7, uh, that's actually uh, our correspondent, Bree, said, I grew up wishing I could sing like Ann Wilson. I was blown away by her seemingly limitless capabilities. I don't think that will ever leave me. A current favorite is Carrie Ann Hurst. Pretty sure she sold her soul for that voice. Her older solo stuff is very pretty with heavy Dolly Parton influences, but ever since teaming up with her husband, Michael Trent, her voice has taken on this really incredible rawness that just feels more truthful and less affected, but also has this magical ability to color a song in such a way that each measure is surprising and exciting. She sings like a static charge. Really well put there, Stick Penny 7. And on Instagram, at Ethan Fogus said, What I find compelling about songwriting is that it's the blend of voice and song. I tend towards untrained singers with big melodies and nuanced lyrics. I love Bright Eyes and Springsteen. There's also an element of conversational timbre that I like that artists uh, like Taylor Swift draw from. And at Rigor Martis said, Ooh, I love this question. And if I had to give an all time, that's an all caps, all time, it would probably be Ralph Stanley of the Stanley Brothers with Emmylou Harris close behind. Both of them evolved their voices with age, but lost none of the expression and intention. I also just really dig singers that sound like they could be heard all the way across the holler. Thanks for asking. And at thank you for that said too many man but the big 80s 90s diva for life and last at bridget lean said the powerhouse whitney houston or dolly parton the nuance of their vocals melts me there really is something about a great singer folks they can deliver the lyrics in a way that seems so intimate and direct you can relate with them they can tell you a story they can deliver a truth now, how about if we take things to a larger scale here, move to the macro and talk about a group of songs or compositions having that effect? What albums have really affected you? Change the way you look at things or listen to music. For me, there are, are two that hit me at just the right moment. One was Nevermind by Nirvana. I, I was a freshman in high school at the time and had previously pretty much been listening to pop music, uh, mostly hip hop. Uh, mostly, really, whatever my the radio station that I listened to at the time was playing. I, I, I had cassette tapes from artists like Vanilla Ice, MC Hammer, CNC Music Factory. And then my friend gave me a copy of Nevermind. And it was my introduction to music that is loud, rebellious. 
and the lyrics are about something. I wasn't really sure what that something was, but it meant something to me. Uh, the other big album for me was R.E.M.'s Automatic for the People. I heard this not long after Nevermind, and it was my first album with really great lyrics that I, I could understand. For the most part, I could, I could figure out what Michael Stipe was talking about. To me, it seemed just as intense as Nirvana, even though the record was full of acoustic guitars and cellos. So how about you? What album changed you, changed the way you heard music? Tell me your story. Email me, uh, songsurfingpodcast at gmail.com, or comment when I put the post up on Instagram or Facebook. All right, back to the music. To start the second block, we'll hear from Seattle band Action S, who find joy in chaos. Over the last six years, Action S has morphed and evolved through experimentation with genre, performance, and instrumentation. With their hearts on their sleeves, they raise the banner of post-horncore. So that's hardcore with horns. Uh, collaboration, integrity, and family are crucial, both as a recorded and live experience. Action S brings these values to the forefront of everything they do. We'll be listening to the song Self Subterfuge, and about it, the band told me, Self Subterfuge musically is a shining example of the swirling hungry chaos that is Action S. The song, on the one hand, is about espionage. On the other hand, it explores the idea of a sacrifice of individuality and personal identity in the name of a group mindset. The song essentially tries to say that if we let ourselves be defined by an idea or the need for acceptance from others, we lose one of the only personal privileges we control, our sense of self. Song Surfers, this song is going to punch you in the ears. It's a, it's a ball of fury with a tight groove and horns that... Those horns give the band sound even more of an impact. I love the glissando-filled trombone solo. There's a fun call and response with the recurring descending riff. And vocalists, uh, and there's three vocalists. Ian, uh, I think, is the main vocalist. But the vocalists Ian, Patty, and Jimmy have this cool gang vocal thing uh, going on that's sort of intermittently appears to emphasize certain words or the ends of phrases. It's almost like a Beastie Boys uh, approach but completely not like the Beastie Boys also. You'll hear what I'm talking about, I think. So let's see see what you think about the song. I think it's awesome. Here is Self Subterfuge from Action S to start the second block of music.
everyone, this is Luna, and you're listening to the Song Surfing Podcast. I'm so excited to share with you all today my latest record, Anxiety. Despite this being a culmination of all the things that make me anxious, I had so much fun creating this record, and I hope you have just as much fun listening to it. Thanks. Hold on. Oh my god, remember the time in seventh grade when you were like, really? that was so wait, shut up, no. <laughs> Nobody remembers that anymore, right? I don't think so. I remember it. Oh, that's so embarrassing. Hey, Song Surfers, welcome back. First in the block was Action S with Self Subterfuge. Second, we heard Anxiety by Luna Cat. An Aussie girl who grew up between Sydney, Shanghai, and New York City, Luna Cat is inspired by the global music and art scene. Here's what she told me about the song Anxiety. It's about coming to terms with my anxious thoughts, how they make me feel, how they impact my relationships with others, and most importantly, what it feels like literally and metaphorically. In the chorus, I talk about how it feels like roots growing in my chest. 
There's a misunderstanding that mental health is all about what's going on in your head, but strong emotions can be felt physically too. Anxiety has often been described as a dull, constricting feeling in the chest, which is true in my case. I also describe it as a tropical storm coming at you that you can't see, which is a more metaphorical take on how it seemingly comes out of nowhere and turns everything upside down. And song surfers, I think that's what appeals to me most about this song. I mean, besides that it's catchy as hell, and I know you're going to be hearing it in your head all day, uh, but the lyrics come from a real place, and a place that I can very much relate to. And Lunacat has a number of other singles available, too, that you can check out by following the link on the episodes and show notes page. There it is. That music means it's time for me to say thanks for listening to Song Surfing. Thanks to all of you who commented, who've told me about music, who've listened to the episodes, who've given me feedback on the show. Friends, the next episode is going to be something special, a supersized episode of Song Surfing with some surprises. I want to keep it a secret, but I will tell you that we're going to hear tunes from Josh Ween and Patrick Moonbird, the artists who wrote the songs that I use as the intro and outro music on the podcast. So watch for that in the feed, the one-year anniversary episode coming out very, very soon. Remember, I want to hear about the albums that changed you, the albums that changed the way you hear music. Also, please take a moment, please, 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 to write and review the podcast. I especially would like to have more reviews on Apple Music. So Apple device users, please help me out. The podcast app comes preloaded on Apple devices, so it's easy peasy to help spread the word about the show. And I have the review link in the show notes so you can go to easily go to Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast player you use to follow, rate, and review. The opening theme of the show, as I mentioned, is by Josh Ween. That's Living in a Fishbowl. Patrick Moonbird made Little Pills, which is the tune that you're hearing right now for our outro music. And those are linked in the show notes as well. Thanks for listening to this final episode of the year. Happy New Year and see you next time.